And how are we getting on? Are we well, lads? Mm-hmm. Good. We're looking well. We're looking well. Thomas here with the haircut. Andre over here, fresh. Um, <laughs> so today we're joined by Dre Miley. Dre, how about you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Dre Miley. I'm an MMA fighter out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I have an eight and five record. Nice. Husband and a father of three. Good things to be. So, what was your introduction to MMA? Well, I had a very serious car wreck. You know, I lost my eye when I was about 17 and with my family telling me that I had to get up and do something. I can't feel bad for myself. I can't quit on life. Uh, I was watching TV and I ended up stumbling on a UFC fight. I think it was Rampage versus Vandalay or something like that. And I was like, man, that'd be kind of cool to try. I was like, I would like to try that, you know, with growing up the way I did, you know, fist fighting and you know boxing with your cousins and stuff like that it seemed like something that I should try out so I went there I went to Google see if there was any gyms nearby if I could try it and then next thing you know I found the gym that I'm at and then here I am 12 years later I don't know if you watched uh was it the area of Olani show the MMA and he was talking to Thomas you're gonna have to talk louder oh sorry am I apparently um Rampage Jackson's gonna come back for another five years, apparently, to fight. I no, know. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew he was talking to... He was trying to fight Shannon Briggs. I knew that in a boxing match. But I didn't know he was trying to do MMA again. No, no, he's coming... I think it was boxing anyway. But he said he'd also like to come back to MMA, I believe. But I think the boxing fight with Shannon Briggs is happening, which is, first of all, huge. Man. Yeah. Shannon Briggs is... Uh, I don't know about that guy. I like him, but at the same time, he kind of gets annoying during those YouTuber fights. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. It's the day and age we live in now. Is everybody trying to fight a YouTuber? Are you? Have you tried? I have not. I'm not up to speed on those guys. Like, I only know of, like, the Paul Bros because everybody talks about them. I've never tried to even reach out to a YouTuber because I don't know any, so. I think, I don't think they'd be in your weight class either. You're bantamweight, right? And those guys are fighting up, like, uh, like light heavyweight weights, I think. Maybe. Yeah. They don't have any small YouTubers out there trying to do anything. Maybe I can pick a fight with a rapper or something. There you go. Not a bad idea. Should, should we know a guy um, he used to do like comedy skits in Ireland and then he ch- challenged like an Olympian to a, a boxing match for like an Irish charity. So anyone can do it. Anyone can yeah. do it. Um, but yeah. Um, so the obvious question like do you reckon it's been a disadvantage having just one eye in, in, the, in the fights? It's not so much of a disadvantage now as opposed to when I started. Because, like, before, like, when I started fighting, you know, that perception was hard. Like, I could not hit anything. I couldn't hit the – I couldn't hit a barn if I was standing right in front of it. That's how bad it was. So, now it's getting better more and more, and I can actually manipulate things now a little bit better than what I can so it's 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 working out what used to be a handicap is now seems to be the best thing because whenever I fight everybody's going to circle to the left but now people have stopped doing that so it seems to be working I mean that, that, that that's good like but uh I, I can hardly imagine it because I know the only, only other fighter I can think of who's done anything like that was Michael Bisping and he was mm-hmm. going in there the eye wasn't gone, but it was basically basically gone. And then, did he continue fighting with a glass eye, Thomas? 
He did. It was the second half of his career. I want to say, was it Vitor? Somebody he got in a fight with, and it broke his orbital bone, and he took time off, and he had to get, you know, an eye specialist to sign him off and all that good stuff. So whenever he won the belt from, like, Anderson Silva and everybody, he technically did that with one eye, and he didn't release it until after he was done fighting. That's fucking crazy. I know, right? All with a prosthesis, too. It's just really weird with some with some fighters like they'll go in and not announce an injury. Like yeah, Conor McGregor said he had like a some kind of fracture already in his leg when he went out there. Khabib fought his last fight with a broken toe. You know, mm-hmm. just just weird, weird shit like that. And obviously, Michael Bisping, no way. Um, yeah, but I suppose this is like your full time thing. Like you can't really recover from that. But you're you're going out there every time. So, do you reckon it changes the way you train? Uh, no, not really. It's just I know that it's there, and I have to, you know, at least protect both of my eyes at, you know, at all costs. So it's it's a heightened sense. So like, yeah, I know my eyes is here, but I have to accommodate my game to where it fits, to where there's little to no damage that I take from it. Mm-hmm. So it seems to it is the game. My game now is a lot better for it now because used to I'd be like let's go striking like I'll just willingly just stand up with somebody or I'll wait till someone strikes with me but now I I'm not going to do that there's no need to do it anymore because I know what I'm strong at and what would that be uh ground game wrestling if I can wear you out and I don't have to worry about you striking me because then you'll be you're struggling to breathe against me Mm -hmm. what was that one we watched together there Thomas was it when he won by, was it a flying knee or just a regular knee? By death, instantaneous. Yeah, we, it looked like the guy died. <laughs> oh, uh, the guillotine, yeah. No, no, no the, it the was a, uh, yeah. Oh, was, that one. Yeah, yeah. The, the knee, yeah. Dude, that was the first one we've seen. I text, you just, I text you a minute later like, give us more. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. <laughs> That was my first one ever. Like, I've never done that in a fight. Usually it's either by submission or it's by decision. I've never knocked anybody out like that. So I, like, very – I freaked out, like, whenever it happened. Like, I hit him, and I saw his eyes roll back, and I was like, okay, he's out. And then, like, I started celebrating. And then I, like, looked at him. He wasn't moving. I was like, oh, God, I killed this man. So, like, I started freaking out. <laughs> oh, the panic. But at the same time, like, you know, it's not actually does. Yeah. The yeah, only time uh, I've actually ever feared for a fighter in the octagon is when uh, there's a second in Ganu and Stipe fight. It's when Stipe mm-hmm. went down and then Ganu went to like, like he went to hammer fist him and uh, it, like hit his neck or something. Because I, I I truly believe if he had hit him in the face that Stipe would not be with us today. Oh no! Either that or he would have his jaw like on the other side of his face because yeah. Ganu hits just ugh. It's, Cringy when he ever hits people. Yeah. Like, he's the, he's the hardest hitter in the heavyweight division. And then along with that, it wasn't just like he bent down, got on his knees and gave him an old tap on the head. He fucking mm-hmm. just like whole body like torqued towards it while he's falling midair. So it was almost like a whipping action when it, when he finally mm-hmm. hits. It's just... It's a terrifying man. Did I, if, if that hit his nose, that guy would be noseless. If mm-hmm. it hit like his chin... I swear to God, his jaw was going inverted. The first punch did that, basically. Have you seen the picture 
of um the punch that got Stipe on the ground. Uh, like his his chin was basically just pushed in, and yeah, his face was Ugh. mangled. Um, Damn. Yeah, I I often say when we talk about fighters like. Normally we've maybe like three or four get people on at the same time. I'd say if you put all four of us in there with him, we'd all die. Like I don't like <laughs> if he's got regular Joe Schmoes to try to take him on, gone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just a freak of nature. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking understatement, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um But uh you're you're uh you a ban- you're a bantamweight now, yes? Yes. Or yes, and I gotta ask that. Is what you're not with UFC or Bellator? Which which one of those two like organizations would you prefer to go into? Uh, at this point, I'd go either or because looking at both bantamweight divisions, they are like some really good fights there. Yeah. It just seems like UFC is more like politicized. Like you have to you have to sell yourself. Like you have to make them want to buy into you, and then you got to keep making everybody buy into. Bellator is like. They want to buy into you, but they also care more about your skill rather than like how much you talk. Mm-hmm. So, in a good day, I would love to have you know UFC be like, "Hey, let's fight. We'll have you on here." But in all actuality, Bellator would probably be the best home for me because I like the competition. I don't, I don't really like you know politicizing everything. It's like we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight. I don't need to talk, mm-hmm. you know, all day long about it. What about One FC? Isn't that a big one at the moment? Mm-hmm. I, I would fight with them. I'd be interested in them. Cause, did did yeah. they reach out to you or the other way around? Uh, They reach out to us. So, because they necessarily need somebody like a size or, or style-wise to, you know, go for their person that they have building up or whatever. So they're like, hey, does you have a person that's ready at this weight? And then I'm like, yeah, we have somebody. And then that's usually how people get to call up nowadays. Yeah. But I suppose the formal way of doing everything is changing all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was no formal way of Jake Paul getting into, into boxing properly. Like, he had to just start off with some something stupid and then call out Ben Askren. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you're not, you're not about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I still got to sell it. Mm-hmm. Drama sales, man, especially in the, in the combat sports, because you have to you have to pander to, you know, the drunk guy that's going to buy your ticket or the guy who wants to live through you. So if you can get that person that that's how you make your money, that's how you get your, you know, that's how you become viral. That's how all your stuff happens just by way of talk. And we can thank Conor McGregor for that. So, oh, yeah. Well, he didn't start it. Yeah, but he, it's more like Chael Sonnen and then popular. Yeah. Sport. Yeah, Conor McGregor is like the reason why the UFC is so successful today. Rampage Jackson is quoted as saying that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that he he thinks Conor McGregor is the reason that UFC is on is on the map. Yeah, because he brought in so many people, and like, who is this loudmouth dude? And then the next thing you know, he's knocking people out, and then people are like, oh, he's he's invincible, and then he knocks out the greatest fly, featherweight of all time, and then. Next thing you know, he's just still riding high. You know, it's it was good to see the sport grow, but I could I would love to see it grow in a different way. We're on the same page there. Watching him fight sometimes hurts. Um, it hurts more than him getting knocked down by Dustin Poirier. It hurts more than his shin getting broken. It's just awful to watch. Um, mm-hmm. 
like you're sitting there hoping, oh, that's our guy. Come on, come on. Nothing. Yeah. Um. Oh, back back in the day, started watching it. Like mo- the majority of Irish people, like we're, we're Irish. I'm not gonna lie. The first thing I ever watched combat sports was was uh, McGregor Aldo. You know, I I was on the hype train, and then next thing you know, skip a couple of years, and he's fighting Khabib. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think my my introduction was the Chad Mendes fight. I only watched it after. Then nothing for ages. Then I went to you went to your house, Thomas. And we watched Stipe versus Cormier. Was it the third one? Second one? Yeah. And um, we had a massive debate among us at the time, like, who's going to win this one? And um, it was pretty sad to see DC not do, not do too good. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a weird one because you, you fall into it in so many different weird ways. You might have mm-hmm. fucking done a karate class when you were 12. And a while later, you're like, eh. I wonder what um who's doing karate and you see like these different martial artists and then the UFC blah, blah, blah. it's a fucking terrible example but you get my point yeah um, I understand and um, when it comes to your um disciplines what like what kind of um fighting styles are you into uh I really like wrestling you know that seems to be really good really good background it's really good to, it's really fun to watch like the Olympics oh my god it was so much fun to watch mm-hmm. you know it was really good to watch. I like any kind of wrestling. Jiu-Jitsu is another one. Um, and judo. I like judo. I don't I don't really like fall into it, but I do like some of the stuff that judo does. Um, and then glory kickboxing. I love watching those guys because the techniques and are so crisp. It's just it looks so effortless. I like that. Yeah. Um, what about isn't what's is sambo like a mixture of is it jujitsu and judo? Have yeah. No fucking clue. You ever you ever think about going over to Dagestan, man? Get a couple lessons. No. Oh God, no! They'd maul me, man. Like yeah. they would probably have like a ten-year-old that would just beat me to pieces. <laughs> they'd probably. But, yeah. Yeah. Hezbollah. Down to strawway, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, go with this ten-year-old right quick. See how good you are. I was like, oh God, I'm about to die. You got yeah. Keep some taking you down, and submitting you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be something. Fuck man, that kid's gonna be scary, and uh, I'd give him five years. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. Have you only trained in like res- wrestling and striking then? Yeah. Like at my gym, we do we do everything. So our whole curriculum consists of doing it all, and we all blend it together. So it will sound cliche when I say it, but it's MMA. So we. Our style is MMA, so you get to do everything from start to finish. You learn how to strike, and it translates to the wrestling, to the wall working, and to the ground fighting. So we we get all of it every single day. So I, I guess I'm well versed in all of it. I just exceed I just exceed very well in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, you didn't say like jujitsu, and I was like, what? But I guess yeah, you, no. you're, you're doing everything, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what do you think is your biggest strength when you go in there? Just your wrestling? I believe my wrestling is a really good thing. And I believe like the pace that I set, like once, if I can get it in my head that I have to just go through you and I don't, it doesn't matter what you do. It tends to work for me. So like the pace and intensity that I set in the fight, it, that's probably my strongest point. 
I can strike with everybody, you know. I feel really good at my striking. I feel, you know, really good in my ground fighting. So it's more so my mindset going into the fight. Yeah. Which is a huge part of it, man. It's about the mentality. When you're dead mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's sometimes the thing that wins a fight. I know um, Kamaru Usman talks about his mentality, and that's the thing that helps him to win fights because he just believes in himself so much, which is cool. To yeah. Know. And then the opposite of that is Jose Aldo versus McGregor. Mm-hmm. That guy was just beaten mentally. Like that guy was broken going in. When he lost, he just went into a changing room and cried. Yeah, because he's never been to that point where someone's like, uh, you know, assassinated him mentally. You know, and all he wanted to do was just just destroy him. And you can't destroy somebody like that. You can't go in a fight with your emotions on high like that because you're doomed to fail. You're that's just exactly what it is. And Connor's made the killing off that of people just, you know, being mentally weak. And then since we live in this day and age where the mental game is more important than the physical game, you can't play those mind games anymore, people. Like you you can't. It's hard to do it. So you have to make sure that your mental skills and your your physical skills is up to par with each other. Mm. And you've noticed that in his last couple of fights, him trying to deteriorate Floyd or Khabib or or Dust just didn't work out for him uh these three guys well i just say those three guys are probably like have some of the toughest mentalities out there but still you know <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I hate that like in his in his recent fights he's lost but he's done good good enough to be like maybe we should give him another chance yeah because you put him against khabib that was peak mcgregor that was mcgregor at his finest and he did pretty fucking good for against khabib yeah like no one else could do that to khabib um, no, not. But you know, in the end, it didn't go his way. He's the first person to beat, to win a round against Khabib. So, mm-hmm. man, that that should have been it. Just I'm done. You know, you 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 scratched. You made a god bleed. You're done. Um, and then with Dustin Poirier, like in the first round, first match, it was like, or the second ra- second meetup. It's it, there's so many you almost forget. Um, like he mm-hmm. he did did pretty good until he got beaten beaten down. And the third one, I thought, geez, he's doing all right there. Oh, shit, his leg just went out from him. What's going on there? And then it's fucking broken. But yeah, I'm sure was... in the fourth and the fifth and the sixth meetup, you know, he'll do better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not looking forward to that. That was nasty, seeing his leg break. Because, you know, UFC is whenever something like that happens, they have to show it 16 times in a row. And then they show it slow motion, like, it's one of those you just like cringe so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at his foot fold. It's like, dude, stop showing it. Like, we get it. It's broken. Stop doing that. But that's the like the memorable moment. So that's what they wanted it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we actually, when we were watching your fight, we we noticed that your um your leg kicks were pretty serious. Like, is that is that part of your process? You're trying to like get them, get them weak in the legs and then get them on the ground and pummel them. Yeah, um, I the calf kick is something I just started working on not too long ago. So, and I've been watching a lot of calf kickers like uh, Edson Barboza and, um, you know, D- uh, Diego Lima do calf kicks. And I was like, and with it growing so much in the sport, I was like, well, you know, I was I was one of the people that was doing it before it got too popular. So I was like, oh, man, I need to start doing this kind of way to slow people down because everybody's so heavy on their lead leg. 
So, you know, if you can't put pressure on your lead leg, you can't really throw power off anything. So, yeah, that's what I targeted at to get that leg tired to where they don't want to put pressure on it. And then after that, I can do what I want to do, which is more likely, like you said, take them down and pummel them. I, I seen a guy lose by just giving up from calf kicks one time. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who tagged us in your post originally, he sent it to me and he said, like this, 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 this guy went all out. So it's, it was a, it was now, it was, a, I think it was just a UFC fight night. Two lads going at it and, you know, he kept going for the leg. Man falls down once, gets back up, trying to hide how sore it is. Falls on the second time. It's not enough for him, like, to be told, get back up, like, and your man didn't dive down. But what he did is he grabbed the leg, he kind of pulled it in against his hip, and he punched it. He punched a calf. Oh, wow. The calf had been kicked that much. It was just that fucked up. And then he decided to punch it. So, you know. That, that was stupid. A game that, that... No. It's, it's not smart at all. Why would you? Why would his coaches let he, him do? He won. That? He won. In fairness, but still though, that, that still that's crazy. It's cruel. Okay, you, okay. You play video games. You 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 do boss battles and so on. When you see mm-hmm. the big red mark on the target, and you're like, and it's going like that's the kill shot. You go yeah. for it. Absolutely. And the big purple mark on this guy's leg was the was the kill zone, and he had to <laughs> had to had to finish it. But yeah, no, yeah. I, you're right. It is a fucking dangerous move. Yeah, I mean, kudos to him for winning, you know. But oh, good lord! Yeah, he mastered the leg kick. The poor yeah, other guy's probably never gonna walk. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, I could. Uh, I would not want to be on the receiving end of one of those. <laughs> the big, big bantamweight fight coming up soon is uh, Pierre Jan versus Algernon Sterling. Who you got for that one, man? Uh, and I don't the really only know. disputed champion of the UFC, Aljamain <laughs> Sterling. You know, I'm a huge Aljamain fan. And I, I love the guy to death and I want him to win. But for some reason, I feel like Jan's going to do something to get him out of there. Yeah. And it won't be like a, it won't be like a, a legal knee. It would be something to where he actually picks Aljo apart because his, their last fight, that's all he did. There's nothing that Sterling could do that like deterred uh, Yon, and Yon was just putting a clinic on that poor guy. So I'm hoping Aljamain pulls through, but some reason is telling me that Yon's going to win. Watching that fight yeah, live was so fight. disappointing. It was very disappointing. Like, mm-hmm. It was because you never want to see a fight end like that, and especially a championship fight is just it's disappointing to watch. But uh, and I, yeah, it's pretty I, I sick. Was, I was hoping Aljo would win that first fight. And then that happened, and so I don't know who wins it to be honest, because I think it's it's basically whoever wants it more this time. It's do you want to keep the belt? Do you want to prove yourself, or do you want to get your your belt back, kind of thing? And it'd be big, it'd be a big fight. And uh, I mean, man, who knows? You might even be going up against them one day. Like, yeah, that... see yourself going against either of those guys. I think it'd be fun, to be honest with you. So. I don't know. I just know if I ever went with either one of those two, me and Aljamain would be a wrestling match for sure. And me and Jan, it would just be it just be a nasty dog fight. Like both of us are cut up, you know, somebody's got somebody's eyes swollen, you know, dog tired. It's just that's what it really is. Ultimately, that's a dog fight because it's what you have to do with Jan. You can't fight smart because dude throws hands hard. 
every punch he throws, he tries to knock you out. So yeah, he chose, chose fucking bombs. Mm-hmm. That guy's trying to—he's swinging to kill. Yeah. It looked like Nate Diaz at the end, man. Blood all over your face, going into a fight. Yeah. I mean, basically happened to what with uh, Aldo, right? When they two then fought, like he was viciously ground and pounding him for like the most of the fifth round before mm-hmm. he stopped, maybe two or three minutes too late. <laughs> tough to watch, man. It is tough to watch. But yeah, man, he's a phenomenal fighter. And to be honest, I think he gets it. And I think he's going to reign as the champ there for, well, as, you know, until you get there, to be honest. Because yeah. I don't see any Then they're fucked. Season. Then they're gone. I appreciate that. We just, yeah. I got to get there first. So. Get there, there you man. go. I, I'm the sure hard one part. day, man, UFC is going to give you a call. Not UFC, definitely Bellator, man. Because yeah. I can take, take anyone. In that fight with the knee, man, there's so much technique in that, and you just need to do what to do instinct. And that's what a lot of fighters don't have. You know, because mm-hmm. we, we thought your man's striking was super fucking sloppy. Like, yeah. this guy was swinging with his full body, but in like a one two combination. So it looked, re- it looked, looked like he was like drowning and trying to swim. You know, it looked really, really weird. But um, mm-hmm. you, you knew how to, how to handle that. Um, he got you once at the start, but then you dominated the rest of the round, and the guy was, was gone. Yeah, it's usually what it takes is usually that first punch is a gauger for me, and be like, okay, how hard is he? What's he trying to do? Like, is he trying to trying to put me out? Is he trying to set something me up, something up? So that's what usually tends to happen. So I know in my last fight, I got I got clipped, you know, TKO. So I didn't come out there guns a blazing. They ain't go out there moving a lot. But the last two fights, yeah, I came out there, you know, playing my game, hoping hoping that I hit him a lot more than he hits me. So lesson learned from my last fight. Even uh, I I pointed out to Jerry, your takedown defense is phenomenal. Like it's very very hard to get you down, (laughs) which is a it's a good thing. I suppose yeah. when you're well versed in wrestling, that's going to be the case. So, exactly. yeah. good on you. Yeah, uh, but besides us blowing smoke up your ass, what what do you think is like your um your weakest bit in in your arsenal? Like, what do you got to work on? Uh, ultimately, it's probably myself. It, you can do all thousand one techniques, but if you can't believe in it, that's probably the worst part. So, the mindset has to be on point at all times. It, you can't turn it off, you know, when you want to, and you can't turn it on, turn it on when you want to. That's be on at all times. So I think that's the big thing that I struggle with. So it's not techniques; it's more so like, can you do this every single day? It's like, yeah, I can, but like I have to do it to where it's convincing, to where like every day I do it. So that would be me. That's just my point. That and keeping my hands up. That was it. Not a bad one. And do you normally get into later rounds? Or are you a kind of a first round guy? I personally would like, you know, second round. Like second rounds are like the rounds that I like because the first round is full of adrenaline. You know, everybody's going crazy. They're all jacked up on whatever they took backstage. So, <laughs> so yeah. And then you hit that adrenaline dump in the first round. That's when you get to tell who actually is skillful, who is, you know, technically sound. That's when you think start to happen. So use a second round or maybe third round, but I'm always trying to finish. 
So I either want to finish the person or you have to finish me. I don't want to do decisions anymore. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's, there's very few fighters who kind of just go in guns blazing at the start anymore. Like Conor McGregor did really well with that initially. Francis Ngannou mm -hmm. started with it and then when he had to go calm. And when he went calm, it was fucking scary. Yeah. Um, who else would be crazy in the first round? Uh, uh, Dustin right. Poirier. Oh, yeah. you? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of people. What's it? What's his name? What's who? AJ McKee. You know? Yeah. Wasn't crazy that guy. Wasn't that that fight was phenomenal. What? What did you? Did you happen to watch it? Yeah, I did. I watched it live. Great fight, man. It was a really great fight. I feel like AJ McKee did everything perfectly with Pitbull. Like with Pitbull, you have to go forward. You have to stay in his face. You have to put do exactly what AJ did. So you can't try to, you know, pin. You can't outstrike. You can't just make it a classic fight again. You gotta impose your will on him because that's exactly what his game is. That's how you beat a bully. You go do bully things to a bully. You're right, and uh, I, th I think the next one is. I think they both want to move up and fight for the lightweight belt. So like. You know, Pitbull mm -hmm. defends AJ, try to get it. Do you see it going any other different way? Do you think who makes the better adjustments? I mean, I feel like it will be a closer contested fight if when they go 55. Yeah. Now that Pitbull knows what AJ is going to do and, you know, Pitbull has a really good team behind him, it will be a closely contested fight. It won't be a finish, though. It will be down to the wire. It will be a 15-minute fight. Or not 15-minute, 25-minute fight. And uh, just for yourself, I mean, how much do you normally, like, go around at? Like, how much do you have to cut for your fights? Like, weight-wise, I usually have to cut maybe 15 to 20 pounds, if that. But it's like a slow cut over the time. It's not like a hard – I don't go sit in a sauna for, like, you know, two or three days straight. You know, I, I taper off. Like, I eat clean and then – once fight week starts happening, it's I only have to cut maybe about five pounds. There's something pretty weird about the weight cuts. Like in in the UFC, you see like the when they square off, mm -hmm. and like they look skinny as fuck, and then you see them in the cage the next day, and they're massive. I noticed that with the the recent uh, Poirier versus McGregor, because Poirier's cheeks, you can see like the bones. And mm -hmm. his skin looked really, really thin, like around his face. And guy was kind of swaying. But if you can do it, I guess it gives you an advantage. Yeah. You see a lot of people who are so huge for their weight class, like they'll cut up. Like they'll, they'll, they'll be big. So like with Dustin Poirier, you know, he was training with Kobe Covington. You know, Kobe Covington's a 170 year. And Poirier fights at 55. So, I mean, you have to think about how much is he really walking around it. You got to at least think he's walking around 75, maybe 80. So that's that's a lot of that's a lot of stress on your body. And that's where usually where injuries come from. And then if you're not dialed into your diet, you know, that's that takes life off your fight game. It takes fight off your career. So you have to do it smart. If people can, you know, cut down that much and be healthy, have a hey, more power to you. I know I couldn't do it. I cut to 25 earlier in my fight career, and I was like, I can't, I can't do that no more. That hurt too much. Lightweight. Yeah, Christ I could do Christ. it. I won't be a happy person to be around, but I could do it. Shit. 
I know. Imagine as well that like, Corey used to fight a featherweight as well. Like, yeah, and I think he walks around at one eight three, so that's nearly forty pounds off you. In like, fuck man, the guy must have gone through hell and back for every single fight of featherweight. Who who's that now? Corey. Oh. Yeah, but I suppose when you get older, like you, your your natural weight kind of goes up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's why there's like a lot of young lads in the lower weight categories. Like if yeah. McGregor went back down to, what was it featherweight? Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Good fucking luck. How skinny he was when he did that. Like it, same as Poirier, I was saying. Like you can see all the fucking bones in his face. Yeah, he looks sickly yeah. whenever he's at forty-five. There was a point where he was at four percent body fat when he's fighting. Ugh. But the thing with him is like he doesn't have abs, so like you couldn't really yeah. tell. And mm-hmm. kind of like the Rock in that way, he doesn't have the abs. But yeah, it was really weird learning that that guy was a four percent body fat. That's dangerous, right there. Oh yeah, anything below ten is supposed to be dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can your body and your organs can and stuff can shut down. Yeah, your dick doesn't work. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dodge that one. Um, what's what's more important? Um, <laughs> for the no, no. All right, yeah, you got a point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I know it's, it's it's so weird with some fighters being able to do that, drop down the weight like that. It's just like being a machine. Like there's so many ways you could go into a fight with an advantage. Like if you. If you were just like cut a lot of water weight beforehand, like the sauna thing we're talking about, if you had a really low body fat percentage, you're gonna do pretty fucking good. Yeah. You know, if it, realistically you got like the strength of a one seventy and you're shoot you're fighting in one forty five, you know, that's fucking impressive. That's a big jump, but you get my point. It is a big jump. It's a massive jump. Yeah. But um it, it's everywhere. It's it's like in all sports until they figure out a way to clean it up until they or until they add more weight classes then this is always going to be a problem like we saw a lot of ufc fights where the, the there was a there was a couple of girls was it no it was just one girl she like fell off the scale because she, she couldn't hold herself up like she cut that much weight i was like and then they cut her so like not only did she almost like die like end up cutting her from the ufc too so i was like y'all you guys gotta do better yeah, because that's a practice they support. Yeah. So, I just that's ridiculous. There's also yeah. that one last month, Irene Aldana. She was off by four pounds mm-hmm. because of a, a period. I'm not sure. Yeah, she was on a period, so she was. She stuck. Her opponent, who she beat, she came out last week, and apparently she's two months pregnant. Oh, the Kanich, uh, um, yeah. Santos's, yeah. uh wife. Yeah. Like. She, she she was pregnant while fighting in the UFC. Yeah, which makes that kid the uh, the youngest. Oh man, stop! <laughs> <laughs> youngest person to fight inside of the octagon. My teammate Shanna Young, she had uh, she was pregnant, and whenever she made her UFC debut, I think. So. Really. Yeah, That's scary. And he, yeah, That's and no scary. one knew it. No one knew. So. Plus, that's the thing as well. Like, if you if you don't know. What can you do? Yeah. Um, but oh, I would not want to be kicked in the belly. Fuck. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oof. I got a 
got I got I got one more question before I think we'll end it up there. But like, uh, man, there's a big bantamweight out there now, and he's claiming he's probably the best in the world. But what what's your opinion on Sean O'Malley? Man? I want to fight him. You would. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to fight him. I put my name in there whenever they was going around doing like who's going to fight O'Malley. And like, I put my name in there. I was like, I want to do it. Like, let me do it. So, and then watching him fight that Chris kid, you know, I was like, you're really not as good as you, as we thought you was. You just are just long and then you just throw a lot. So your style just compliments the people that you're fighting. So I would love to fight. I'd love to fight Sean O'Malley, especially since he's not going to like fight ranked people. Until he gets like a raise, he's like, I'm just gonna keep fighting people that you know are entry level. So, well, let me set up, let me fight you. So, I'll take your spot and then be good. That Chris guy, he fucking blew up out of nowhere. Yeah, he did. Like, he wasn't even in the UFC beforehand, right? And then, yeah, suddenly he gets his face busted in by Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley broke his fucking fists punching this guy, and this guy. He fucking exploded in fame because everyone's like, holy shit, this guy's still going. Yeah. Oh, he's tough. He's got iron chin, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, he's probably punch drunk right now, guys. So, well, yeah, he blew up. They only takes one fight to blow yourself up like that. Mm. Kudos to him for getting that fight. He did a little viral bit. And for him, it was, I think it's amazing. Like his best moment in, in, in his fighting career is getting punched in the face so much. He broke the guy's fists. Like, yeah. Ah, oh, skill. That's skill. Um, it's actually yeah. uh, rumored that uh, the reason Conor McGregor broke his leg is because he actually tripped and fell on his face. Yeah. His face. <laughs> like, poor guy. No wonder. God bless. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he lasted a round. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's he's going places, but um, I'd love to see more stuff like that where they get guys outside of the organization. And hoping to God it's yourself, because in fairness, they got this whole one-eyed dragon thing they can go with, and that's an easy sell. Yeah. If, if they say, there's a guy in here fighting with one eye, and he just demolished this other guy, you know, that's a that's an easy fucking sell. Like, that, that was a big part for Michael Bisping after the fact, when he said it, like, you're just so amazed he did it with the one eye. So, I'm, I'm, I, I'm really impressed how, how, how well you've done fighting with just one eye and I'd love to see you at a bigger promotion and myself and Thomas maybe sitting up one night you know having an old brewski and saying that's our lad that's our lad right there there you go yeah no I'm looking forward to seeing you you fight next anyway when, when's your next fight I was hoping that I'll be fighting in September but it don't seem like nobody's jumping at the bit so I might have to wait it out and see what happens so it's usually the that's usually what happens, man. Like, people, they'll fight me, and then they'll change their mind at the last minute. It's like, I don't want to do it. I change my mind. So, we just keep waiting and keep training and keep waiting. Well, that's all you can do. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're going to get get a good one soon. But let us know, genuine, let us know when you, when you do. We'll post a bit about it, and we'll make sure to give it a watch. We will. Definitely will do that. I'll tag you guys in and all that good stuff. Good lad. Mm-hmm. All right. So, if people want to check you out, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Dre Miley, MMA135. And you can find me on Twitter, uh, no, the one, like the number, I Dragon Dre on Twitter. I'm usually on there, so talking to people, stirring the pot sometimes. So feel free to follow me there. And then on Facebook, 
It's just regular Dre Miley personal page. You can find me on there. Talk, talk shop, whatever you guys want to do. So I'm pretty, pretty responsive to everybody. Yeah, you're super responsive with us. And in fairness, we only like sent our first message to you yesterday, and we're on today. So that's how responsive he is, ladies and gents. So if you want to check him out, you know where to find him. And if you got this far in the podcast, fair play to you. We had a good old chat today. So take it handy. Good luck and bye bye.